just bones The world is black stones Dressed up in the rain With no place to go but home Just like Nance on a night like this Why she's pro stars, pro sky Hey everyone, welcome to Beats, Rye, and Types. We're here with a special guest, Sarah Minnick from uh, Portland, Oregon, who are Oregon. I always I always pronounce or- Oregon wrong, even though I have friends and family who live there. Well, how do you pronounce it, Sarah? It's Oregon. You got it right. Oregon. Second okay. time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, knew, you knew you were wrong. You knew it. Yeah, I knew you I were was like, wrong. Oregon, wrong. this is wrong. <laughs> And Sarah is uh, the owner and pizzaiola at uh, Lovely Fifty Fifty in Portland, and she picked our song today, which is Destroyer Bay of Pigs. Why? Why did you think that song was a good idea, Sarah? Did you? Is it something you've been listening to lately? Yes, or? recently I've been listening to that album a lot. Actually, I, I listen to music pretty much like eight, ten hours a day, and so I'm always. But I and I and when I like an album, I kind of listen to it over and over again. So that's the one that I've been listening to lately. That some uh, guys I work with sort of turned me on to. So I rely on a lot of people from the outside world to bring me new music. <laughs> <laughs> Are you con- in control of the playlist at the restaurant? Uh, you know, I kind of am. To everyone's dismay, we have like a big <laughs> we have <laughs> we have a big Spotify playlist that we play because we really have to have it like flow nicely. And there's like 500 songs on it, but a lot of times, you know, you start hearing the same thing over and over again, and the guys I work with get really kind of irritated by that. But it doesn't bug me. It doesn't really bug me, but it bugs them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, we uh, on the show end up talking a lot about pizza because uh, Mike and I are both avid home pizza makers, though we're not at the professional level. So we were we, – I, I found out about your Instagram account – I don't actually know who linked it or somehow maybe I was just searching for hashtag pizza and I found <laughs> these amazing pictures of what like the most beautiful pizza I'd ever seen um, with like the freshest looking ingredients and everything. And it, it's been super inspiring to watch that all progress through the seasons as as it's gone from fall to winter to summer, too. So how do you want to just tell us a little bit about how you got started into pizza and kind of where you're at now and yeah yeah thank you for saying that about the instagram too yeah i mean we've never we've never eaten your pizza before right, right, this is right. purely yeah, exactly. just like it's on just that visual. yeah it's a sort of an intellectual affection right that right have right for the that's pizza how instagram is right it's like a lot of people that you don't know but hope to meet i've owned a restaurant in portland now it's like uh for almost 12 years um in one way or another and my sister and i are co-owners and i opened a restaurant originally with my boyfriend at the time way back when 12 years ago and he was the chef and my sister and i were the front of the house and things sort of evolved over that time he ended up not wanting to do it anymore and so i found another great chef that had worked at chez panisse and was a very um you know accomplished cook and I worked with, we worked with him for almost three years running this other restaurant. It was a little finer dining. There were no, no pizza. It was just like a, your basic sort of seasonal Italian inspired menu. When he left, I sort of came to the realization that I didn't want to be like a chef broker. You know, I'd kind of opened up a restaurant with my, with my now ex who was the chef. And I had never seen myself as like hiring chefs from the outside. I kind of thought that was the way it would be. We would just run this sort of family restaurant. During, I think it was, let's see if it's 2015 <laughs> in, in 20, <laughs> in 2010, uh, we closed that 
restaurant, the sort of fancier one. And we opened a pizza place. I took a lot of the kitchen staff that was in the kitchen at that time at that old restaurant. And um, they came over to the little pizza place, which is actually right next door to that old restaurant. And it's a little more casual. And I started making ice cream. And I had a friend, an old friend who made pizza. And so he made the pizza. I made the ice cream. I did salads. I worked in the kitchen. And I sort of learned how to cook through that experience and having the palate of having run the front of the house, but working with chefs over time. When he left about almost three years ago now, I took over the pizza side too. I kind of took it over point blank. He had run the pizza side, I had done the ice cream, and I also had worked on the floor, but I came in full time and just kind of taught myself how to make pizza. I got the tartine bread book, learned how to bake bread first, then I changed the dough over. He had like a yeasted dough and it was, I think the pizza was good, it's much different now. Um, has evolved. So yeah, I just taught myself how to do it, throwing myself in. <laughs> I think it was probably wonky for a couple months until I got the hang of it. But <laughs> I figured it out. It's cool to have the opportunity to do something over and over and over again to until you can, you know, get better at it. That's, yeah, that's, that's mean, something that's how Aaron and it. I talk about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I kind of always think that like, oh, if you want to learn something, if I want to learn something, if I want to be better at making pasta or better at doing things like, you know, then the best thing to do is go like find a friend who has a restaurant or works in a restaurant and be like, I'm going to come work for free. You know, I'm going to come like learn that, the, learn that trade. Cause that's really how you learn it, especially with cooking, you know. Did you have a lot of uh, interesting pizza failures in the early days? Of you know, the I kept it. Um, we, I'd say we had like maybe, so like the salads and the ice cream and everything that was always kind of dialed in. Um, but the, pizzas you know I had one uh regular pretty diehard we have a lot of regulars but I had the diehard regular and uh, you know he was sort of watching as I took over he was sort of paying attention he is you know run runs hotels and restaurants himself and then I think it was a couple months into it and he was like okay I noticed a dip I noticed a dip but now you're coming, <laughs> you're coming back up and I was like all right good and that made me happy because I was like oh good I, I was just nervous every time he came in because I knew he was discerning <laughs> Most, most people are like, oh, cheese, sauce, bread, good to go. <laughs> but yeah, and I had, you know, I had staff in place who were, could run the oven. That's a really hard thing to learn. And so I had people to help me sort of pick it up from the bottom. And uh, I feel like this past year, it's gotten a lot better. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like every year I kind of just want to keep improving or every day even try to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's a one, it's a that we talk we end up talking about that a lot too about the progression of having to f- kind of fight through and push through the challenges and failures but as long as you're willing to keep doing it and keep trying and keep being obsessed is how we usually yes. like to talk being about obsessed. it then <laughs> then then yeah then you can get to that whatever that next level is oh yeah for sure yeah that t- obsession is a good word <laughs> <laughs> So what role does the what role does the feedback that you get from like customers and regulars and people that come into your restaurant play and how you, you know, shape and design the food that you serve and the ideas that you come up with? Yeah, I mean, I'd say we have like we have a ton of regulars um, and a lot. Of, I feel like they come for different reasons. A lot of people have kids. They want it to be, and they know that they're going to get like good food. So they want to come. They want it to be easy with the kids and everything else. And then we sort of have, you know, maybe around five. That's kind of the crowd, you know, and then it advances to people who are just like, I don't know. They just want to come have good pizza, you know, drink some wine, whatever. I think I, I don't I get a lot of feedback 
and I've met a lot of people over Instagram, weirdly, you know, and I, even though it's an open kitchen, there'll be people who come up and are like, oh, everything was awesome. Thank you so much, you know, but I feel like maybe people are a little shy and I don't get tons that way, you know, but I've come to know a lot of people who maybe give me a little more feedback personally, you know, like I've known people through being customers and everything else who end up talking to me a lot about, you know pizza and what this that the other thing which ones they liked you know yeah I mean it's an open kitchen but like I said there'll be like people who come up and like where's the bathroom (laughs) I think they're gonna gonna say something they're like uh can we get a napkin you know they're like sure (laughs) the best piece of feedback I got today was when someone asked me where the bathroom was (laughs) right you're like bathroom yeah (laughs) so you you use a lot of uh ingredients I mean one of the things I'm always struck with is like that you just don't follow the rules a little bit about pizza. Like we, we, we are both New Yorkers and we grow up in the New York pizza school of, you know, kind of grease wheel style, like cheese and a lot of sauce and all of that. So seeing pizzas that are 99% green are, you know, is very different, but beautiful, I think, and lovely. So, you know, what kind of inspired you to kind of go down that path and try, start trying stuff new? Or is that something that's always been a part of, of your ethos i guess let's see when i when so when i first took over the pizzas i kind of stuck with the program and i got to try to get the dough you know in order and teach myself that and that took like probably to have it be good and like try out different flowers i don't know it was maybe like six months or something like that not to say that stuff was bad but there were like you know it was like okay this flower we don't want to use this we don't want to use this you know it's mostly like elimination once i got all that figured out then i think i was a little more like i could have a little more freedom to play with everything else And so it just came through eating a lot of pizza, I think, too. Like, you know, you make one at the beginning of every night. You make two, then you make 100 pizzas that night, and then you make a couple at the end, and everyone eats them. So you eat a lot of pizza, and you kind of get a feeling for maybe what's going to work well. And I think, like, a lot of the integration of the toppings and the cheese and everything else and different cheeses you want to use for different pies and, you know, those things kind of came naturally. And my palate and background are through a lot of vegetables and you know, I really came to love that way of eating seasonally and working with farmers and knowing the people that grow your food. And, and so, you know, that, that sort of all happened naturally. Organically. Yeah, it totally (laughs) did. Yeah. And, um, that's really inspiring to me, like to, to a lot of times, like the people that deliver the produce are really the people that grew it, you know, or, and a lot of times when you go to the market, the people that really have a hand in selecting seeds and growing the food are there selling it and you meet them and it's really, really inspiring way to eat. And it, and it's almost like once you go there, it's, you really can't go back. Like you become the ultimate, I guess, snob, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And I don't know. I kind of like every day I wait for that click, like what's, what are we going to get today? What can we do differently? And I have usually have like one or two slots on the pie list that I can really play with. And, but we have a lot, I mean, we keep the, we keep some pretty, I don't know, normal pizzas on. There's a lot of cheesy (laughs) sauce pizzas on um the menu and i know that people want that and but yeah the pizza rule thing is pretty funny because i never was subjected to that like i'm from washington state born in washington state grew up in oregon i did go to school on the east coast but i didn't eat a lot of pizza i think i was kind of broke i don't know what i ate can't remember brown rice (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i want to come really bad actually out there and do like a pizza tour because i just really want to check it out i have i mean i seriously have never seen it from that angle you should yeah there's a lot there's a lot to see yeah yeah there's a lot of good pizza 
Yeah, I totally want to check it out. And I've met tons of people online and on through Instagram who I know just die to meet in person. I mean, we were we had another pizza episode where we talked about a lot of the great uh, pies of New York, and there's some. There's everyone's favorite slice place, you know, everyone has their own favorite slice place in New York, but there's definitely like the classics like Defara and L&B, Spumoni Gardens. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, I listen like the... to, your, to your pizza podcast. Oh, yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah. Well, awesome, and I've heard, I have heard of those. Of course, I've heard of Defara and all that. But yeah, that would be that would be great. You should definitely come in, check, check out the pies. I got to go to Defara. I love that guy with the scissors and the basils. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, he's a mess. So awesome. He pulls the, he pulls the oven, he pulls the pies out of the oven with it. You know, just as with his bare hands, oh, like yeah. he goes into that, he goes into that oven and just like turns the pies with no gloves on or anything. Yeah, so he's cool. like eighteen percent flour. Right, <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny because he's like the opposite. He he makes pizza sort of the opposite way of you in a lot of ways, right? Where it's like he only wants all of his ingredients to come from like one tiny place that's like you know several thousand miles away, and that's pretty much the only only really makes one or two you know kinds of pizza ever, and never really changes that. And that and and he gets like this. The energy there is about, you know, you're sort of at at the altar of that idea, like the ultimate repetition and like uh, sameness. So it's kind of it would be they're definitely interesting to compare and contrast, you know, our impression of like what you do versus what we know very well, which is what, you know, he does over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to see it. It's funny to me that pizza is like such a personal thing. Like, definitely, everybody has their opinion about it. Like, everybody. People that don't eat flour, people who don't even eat wheat are, like, got all opinions. You know, everyone's got (laughs) no cheese. Like, I got opinions. Everyone's got opinions. And then I feel like people who make pizza kind of have, like, it's kind of like their little ultimate expression, you know? It's like a quick little round. Here you go. It's more than anything else, which is funny. You know, it's like people who make tacos aren't that way or people who make, you know, it's like people who make, maybe people who make barbecue are kind of that way. But it's kind of like barbecue. There's like barbecue people and they got their thing and everyone has their style and they become like kind of famous, like a person will be famous for it, you know. And it's kind of like pizza too. There's like, there's a person behind a pizza place and that's who you think of. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. It's cool. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. There's, and it's also like, I mean, it's another just like barbecue and, and probably maybe ramen noodles too. Like, like things where people get so deep into an obsession about like, because it is, you know, it's a very, uh, pizza is a flat, like physically flat canvas, but it's like a basic thing that, you know, ha- but has an infinite number of variations where you can go off and, and tweak little things that will change it so dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's really gross tweaks too. Like I, people are like, <laughs> people are like, you'll put anything on a pizza. Like I, people say that to me all the time and I get pissed off because I'm like, no, I won't. That is not true at all. <laughs> I see pizzas like that, and that's not what I'm trying to do. You know, like, I'm like, I'm not just like, let's get some weird crap and throw it on a pizza, like, at all. I could agree that there's probably some where I'm like, man, that wasn't my favorite. Or, you know, like, okay, that was, that's not one for, like, the record books, you know. But, like, um, but that's okay. Like, you can change it the next day. Like, there are guide, there are guidelines <laughs> in my book. I have total guidelines for it. So yeah, so what's what's like uh if you could summarize like what's a guideline that you follow when picking toppings or what what's like a like a mantra that you use to kind of select? I mean besides going from I mean obviously what, 
what you were talking about before going from like the source where the farm is but once you say like oh i have like pea shoots where do you go from there of like picking what else goes with with the with the ingredients yeah i mean i definitely try to see what else is around and a lot of those ingredients are really flexible and if you do stick with kind of what's in season a lot of that stuff goes together automatically and you get a great feeling for it and i've definitely gotten like little tricks of how to you know this ingredient is best you know i'll do it this way to really get the flavor on the pie without making it gross or soggy or you know or not you know not making it kind of a grim you know like sometimes i feel like those greens can be kind of eh, you know that's a little grim kind of a little a little dark a little bit too i don't know what too spinachy no i don't know but there's definitely some things like that i will not put i'll be like oh that just does not work well i won't even try it or i'll try it and it never makes it out you know it's like ah, oh, forget it I can pretty much tell at this point what's going to be good on the pies. And we have another, you know, we do a lot of roasted vegetables and salads. I mean, we sell tons of that stuff too. So a lot of farm stuff is good on the other end of things. Or for ice cream, you know, like we can, I feel like on Instagram too, I see some stuff where I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had uh, an ingredient that has been like defiant in terms of finding other good things to put with it on a pizza or does or is pizza so flexible that you can kind of just make anything work i kind of feel like because my guideline are those vegetables that sort of all grow here and grow well and that i don't have you know too much defiance like because that all the ingredients sort of match my palate in that way but i mean i if i was ever in hawaii i think i'd probably be like what the heck are we gonna make pizza out of here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pineapple, pineapple pineapple yeah. <laughs> spam spam and, yeah, yeah. Like, make it work could be fun but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean fruit is sort of tricky fruit could be tricky for sure what about you guys have you had bad pizza <laughs> oh uh, tons yes. yeah. Yeah, terrible. Yes. Oh. yeah well more in the process of like just learning how to do it from scratch just lots of lots and lots of small mistakes and you know we usually make you know four or five doughs at a time and like try to do it that way and the ratio of how many you would screw up like goes down over time which is good so we're now like at the point where we're pretty much getting stuff in and out of the oven pretty uh pretty okay you know but i don't i've probably made some i've probably made some like actually bad choices in terms of what to put on top of a pizza i'm just trying to uh, one thing that i have a hard time with is uh is eggs like i love i love putting eggs on pizza but it's kind of i haven't haven't quite figured out the right the best way like at home to do that because our our you know the pizza that we make the pizza that i've been able to make in my home oven usually cooks for like what five or six minutes or something like that and so at that super high heat an egg just kind of gets crazy rubbery and taking it out and cracking it and putting it back on can work but or like i've we've done like broiled it and that's worked okay but i've never nailed it like and i've had it at pizza places many times where it's been like perfect but i just i haven't been able to nail that that's something i've gotten some pretty bad results out of experimenting with yeah, yeah. I feel like that can go wrong. You're like, oh, the egg breaks or the egg is too runny or the, yeah, it's like for sure difficult. But I love eggs on pizza too. <laughs> Me too. I really, really like them. That's why I keep trying. I've gotten it right a couple times, but what about you, AQ? I tried the other the other week. I had this like brilliant idea that I've been roasting a lot of eggplant and like trying to make 
you know, like baba ganoush from scratch and a bunch of other things. And we had some really nice eggplants here locally. So I was like doing these like big roasted eggplants over in over on the grill or like in the fireplace and stuff like that. And then, you know, have this really soft, gooey kind of eggplant. And I was like, that would be amazing. Like just that plus tomato sauce and a bunch of mozzarella and Parmesan, almost like an eggplant Parmesan pizza. But when it came out, it was so wet. Oh yeah, it just it just completely. I had I had basically an eggplant calzone oh, disaster. Yeah. No. Now that you say <laughs> that, eggplant is totally a defiant pizza ingredient for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I know the secret to do it. To do it, figured this oh, out. Please do tell. Okay. Do tell. So get you know get a baking sheet and then put like a cookie, whatever those things you put cookies on, cookie rack, cookie cooler. I don't know what they are. Put that in there. Cut the eggplant and then just salt the crap out of it and just let it drain out, flip it, salt it, drain it. Let it drain all the liquid out for like hours. Turns kind of gray, like whatever. And then you can use it on pizza and it's better, but you can't put it in there with all that liquid. You don't pre-roast it or anything. You still use no, it raw, putting it on the pizza. Just put it raw, okay. but you have to drain it that way, which also is the secret for eggplant parmesan. I've seen a lot of people do that. And you can't just let it go loose on the pizza. And you don't roast it. Like, I have a friend, my neighbor and good friend is Italian. He loves eggplant. He doesn't, he's good at cooking it. But I'm always like, I don't have that diehard love for it. I do like it, but I'm not sitting there jonesing for it in January. You know, he's like, (laughs) he's just waiting for Trader Joe's to have it. (laughs) Yeah, eggplant, I thought, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just thought. I tried, you know, there was this trick I saw for for the baba ganoush style too, where after you roast it, you put it in a salad spinner. I think it was on Serious Eats so that that gets rid of the water. And I did, I even did that, but it was just too mushy. I thought it would like blend into the sauce and be kind of like a delicious egg, but no. No, was, I know. Yeah, I've, I've totally messed up a bunch of, yeah, no, for sure. Because, yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, moisture, moisture levels is a thing that you learn about like trying to trying to calibrate for how much moisture is in something and having to like think about that when you're considering putting it on a pizza is something that takes a long time to learn oh yeah no for sure that is the biggest enemy even with cheese different cheese you know you really have to like watch it all and weight stuff down like i'll always drain ricotta with a weight on it you know there's like different tricks to using cheese as well too i think because that's disgusting. Like a soggy pizza i think everyone can pretty much agree is disgusting no one wants that yes so gross you know, and I think a lot of the times with the pizza too, like cooking it is a giant part of it. You know, it's got to be 90% of it. So, you know, like there's, you could have two pizzas that you made the exact same way and they're cooked two different, you know, cooked even just in the same oven, but maybe a little bit slightly different or by two different people. And you're basically like, my pizza sucks. Or you're basically like, my pizza is the best pizza ever. <laughs> you know, like I have those nights, like every day I go through that where I'll be like, we're making great pizza here. And then I'll be like, no, we're not. We're burning it burnt and raw it's everything in between you know it's like such a difference and with the sourdough that i use it's like it has to get that high heat especially initially when it first goes in the oven or it just is tough and sour like it's funny it can kind of transcend itself when the oven's right and basically like come back and bite you in the ass when the oven's wrong yeah the naturally leavened aspect of of what you've been doing too is is something that caught my eye as well because i've been doing a lot of sourdough stuff at home but yeah, what, how did you land on the process that you have for the dough? Is it, was it just a lot of experimentation? Do you have like a giant starter or is it like a pre-ferment <laughs> well, style thing? Or? Now I keep, I just keep a small mother now, just like a little pint container. 
and that just stays at the restaurant and I feed that twice a day. I used to keep a big one, but there's no reason to do that. You know, then every day I go in and kind of just make a little leaven that we make the dough with. So that needs like about three or four hours to come to fruition. And that's usually like I keep my starters like half whole wheat, half white. Then the leaven that we make the dough with is 100% white. So, and I use a liquid leaven. I know like now I feel like a lot of people are starting to experiment with the stiff leavens. And I'm kind of curious to try that. When I have, when I start having some problems with acidity levels, that's sort of my main issue. A lot of times it's hot in the restaurant and I'm not a baker by trade. So like, I can't, I don't feel like I don't always have hundred percent control on my little mother and I have my tricks, but you know, I'm kind of, sometimes I'm like, unless I'm a scientist, you know, I can't say what's going wrong. I don't know. Probably the best thing I learned about that is just to kill that every once in a while, start a new one. Don't just, if you have one and it's got a funky, I don't know if it's got a funky bacteria in it or something goes wrong with it, no matter what you do, you can cut it back and just put like a little drop in. You can, you know, you can do everything you can possibly think of, but once it's infected and I can usually tell by smell, I'll be like, I don't know, this has got that bad. I don't like that smell. We're moving on, make a new one. And for some reason that one will be good for a while and the same thing will happen. You know, it's like, I just move on. It could just be bacteria in the air. It could be anything. Yeah, you know? I feel There's like so um, variables. I did have, because I make kombucha too, and I had my kombucha back right next to my mother for a while. We have this like back room where we keep all the wood, so God knows what comes in on that. And I felt like my kombucha mother was sort of interfering. But, you know, it's all just speculation. <laughs> 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 kind of like that weird reasonable, actually. Yeah, I was like, I feel like something, if this if this kombucha, if I bring it out and I'm mixing it up near my leaven, I keep them separated by a good many feet now. Because I just feel like they inter- intercept in a strange way. Whatever. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Science! I've heard a story about yeah. that with like a winemaker. Winemakers are paranoid about like uh, if you're, if you're like bake sourdough bread or you like make weird beer and you're going to have like weird yeast all over you. Like winemakers don't want you like going into their uh, into their barrel area and infecting their wine with your like funky yeast oh, and yeah. bacteria that you have clinging oh, I to you. See. I know. Yeah. I know one winemaker. He's like no bleach. He won't have any bleach. He won't have anything else in his winery. I mean, it makes that makes I mean, it makes sense. And even if even if some of it is just superstition, you know, you know, if nobody really knows for sure, I don't know. There is definitely, I mean, there's a lot of changes in things that can affect it. I mean, people have things on their hands, you know, like, well, I did read somewhere that one of the main like bacteria in sourdough is like found also in your mouth, like in plaque. You know, it makes sense that all these people, some people would have things one way, some people would have things another way. They come in, they're mixing your starter with your hands and God knows, you know, like you don't want to get it going that way. You don't want, I don't let a lot of people put their hand in mine. I'm like, I'll just do it, you know. I saw you've been making a lot of bread recently too, doing some ancient grain stuff. Is that from the tartine, it's inspired by the tartine bread book? Yeah, and, and a lot of people, you know, bakers on Instagram for sure. Um, I love, I love experimenting with all the bread. When I get busy like this time of year, I kind of like, I did all that bread stuff and I would sell like 12 loaves a few days a week. And like, it's really, really hard to just do that logistically. And, um, it's funny, like people will pay like 20 bucks for a pizza, but loaf of bread is kind of a hard sell, even like six or seven bucks, you know what I mean? And it's probably got like way more work time, you know, so it's fun to do all that stuff. And um, it kind of like funds my hobby to be able to sell it to people. But now people are like, oh, are you going to do some more bread? And I was just, now I've been just making focaccia. Like I kind of moved on a little bit and I'm sure I'll go back. But it just when I have, when I'm short for time, like, and it's like midnight and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to shape all those loaves, do the bench rest. It's like, man, puts me there till like 2 a.m. And then I'm like, okay, you know, I have to get, I have to work 
there. I make pizzas for four or five nights a week, so I can't mess around too much and get myself all tired. But yeah, I love baking bread. Yeah, it's so fun. You guys do. Have you done a lot of that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike. Mike was one of the people who introduced me to a lot of the baking stuff. But recently, uh, I moved into a bigger. I mean, I, both of us were living in the city, and we recently both moved out of the city to have slightly more space. So now I've been doing a lot of uh, bread baking and experimenting with the ancient grain stuff, and it's been awesome. It's just so like the types of flavor range of flavors you can get out of just different types of wheat is pretty insane. And that's something that I didn't really appreciate until I started doing it myself. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. I've made a, I've made a bunch of bread, but I haven't, I haven't been doing much of it recently. Although I had a mother here that died that I like, that I like, Oh, got, got too sour and I needed to make a new one. I just didn't and let it lapse. Cause like you said, to do it properly is a lot of work, but it is really, it is really, it's one of my favorite things to do. Make to There's something magical about like making the loaf of bread out of nothing uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is totally. Yeah. And I think I had, I, I taught a class for some friends of mine that own like an event space and, and I taught about like a pizza class and it was like, I hope this is good. But, you know, I, tr- I really tried to convey like exactly how I do it. And one of the ladies who took the class came to me like a couple of weeks later and she was like, I can't, I don't want to do the throwing away the, I can't throw the starter away. And I was like, you have to, like, that's the process, you know, like, and she's like, well, I put it in the fridge and this happened. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I never put mine in the fridge. I don't really know like how to work it like that. I'd say by the time you get a refrigerated starter back, you might as well just made a new one. It's going to take that long, you know, but I, I was like, I, number one, I'll give you so many time you want to come by. Like I'll give you as much as you want, like the day before you come by, like I'll hook you up and choose. And I was like, or just use yeast. And she's like, oh, I don't want to use yeast. And I was like, well, but, I mean, like you got to integrate into your life to where it's not like taking over your whole life and you're stressing out about throwing it away. That's the process, you know? And it's, yeah, if I didn't do it for a job, it's, you know, it's a pain in the butt and it is a waste. There's a lot of wasted stuff. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not baking more than like once or twice a week, it, it, it does feel a little painful to dump all that stuff out. There was one trip, I, I this is like my second foray into baking obsession because a couple of years ago when the, tart- when the original Tartine book came out, I was actually living on the West Coast in Berkeley and going to uh, Tartine a bunch, but also to uh, Cheeseboard and a bunch of other places out in the in Berkeley area and uh, Acme, which is awesome and being really inspired by them. And so I had my starter and I was like so into trying to feed it every day and so obsessed with this idea that I'm going to keep this alive that we went on vacation for like four days to to Mendocino and I like took my starter oh, with, yeah. me with like a little bag of flour and was feeding it in the hotel every day. Luckily it was like a weird vegan hotel resort so no one thought it was weird that I had this little <laughs> all, fermented. Oh you got your starter uh, with you? Yeah. Cool. Oh cool yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that. I love uh, the Bay Area. I try to go there like once a year and hang out and eat different places. I love the cheese board. That's probably one of my favorite pizza places. Not so much. I mean, I, I thought the pizza's delicious, but, you know, I thought like the dough, like I was like, okay, you know, maybe you're not like blown away by the pizza tactics that they have there, but like, I love the concept and just how like, it's such a great concept and such a great neighborhood place to have. 
Yeah, it's a real community thing where like you no matter what day of the week it is, if, unless it's like I think they're closed on Wednesdays or whatever. Yeah. Unless it's the day that they're yeah. closed, then there's always a line out front and there's always, you know, people sitting on the corner eating a pie from the box like yeah. on the side of the street, you yeah. know, which is awesome. I love that um, place for sure. I think uh, cuz people are always like, "What kind of pizza do you like? What should we do?" It's like, "Well, I really like almost all pizza. I can't I mean, there's some pizza that I'm like, "Eh," but like I'm not too like most of the time I can appreciate pizza in all forms, you know, for the real standouts, which I feel like the pizza quality, I don't know. I don't want to say quality about cheese board. Cause I, I do like, I do think the quality of the pizza is really good. I don't know. It's just more, it's more than that. I should say, you know, it's more than the pizza there. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, if you want to, um, we're hopefully we'll get out to Portland at some point and get to eat at your restaurant and hang out. And that would be awesome. You want to shout out some other Portland places that you're a fan of right now or. Yeah. I mean, uh, Portland has awesome pizza. Portland really does. Where did I hear that? Someone was saying someone in, someone in Portland, like a pizza critic was saying Portland didn't have great pizza. And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, what the hell? Um, no, there's a lot. I, and I don't, I have to say, I don't get out a lot, unfortunately, especially the past few years. I've really been sheltered inside the walls of lovelies and I, I need to get out more, (laughs) but, um, you know, pizza shoals is super famous and, you know, nationally and Brian Spangler seems, I I have met him a few times and I mostly have spoken to him on Facebook, Instagram, and he's great. His pizza is awesome. Pizza Shoals is like a, such a lucky place to have. I've had so much fun just there recently, like taking my daughter and her friends, you know, and you just get like this big, awesome, cheesy pizza with a kick-ass crust. Not a lot of bullshit. They have like Pac-Man machine, you know, it's like, it's a pizza place. And I think that's probably like one of my only references for the East Coast pizza thing you guys are, you know, you're talking about. <laughs> that was like the only pizza I've eaten here, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, even, even not pizza, any other restaurants or, or spots that you want to... I think I tend to definitely go towards people who use a lot of farm direct ingredients. That's kind of all I, all I ever want to eat if I'm, you know, if, of course there's exceptions. And I, I sort of tend to stick to the same things, you know. And there's a lot of that in Portland. Um, there's a restaurant here actually called Nostrana. Kathy Wims is a chef and or the owner. And she has a pizza place, too, called Oven and Shaker. But Nostrana's pizza are consistently delicious, too. And they have a lot of seasonally inspired pizzas. Um, it's not a big deal. Like, the dough is excellent. I know it's sourdough. And I'll always go there and get a pizza. <laughs> you know, I probably go there pretty often for lunch. You know, all that stuff, too. Makes it easier if you're open for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> for me <laughs> one o'clock I turn into a pumpkin <laughs> but yeah you guys have never visited out here uh no I've, I've been out to I've been out yeah yeah but not not a little while my uh my wife's sister is actually going to school in and Eugene in uh at the University of Oregon out there so um excited to come out and visit at some point and do the whole Oregon coast yeah totally it's beautiful. I mean, I'm really like lucky to live out here. I feel like increasingly, but I am going to maybe in the next year or so, I'm going to try to come out east again. See what's up. I'm scared. I'm scared to fly into like LaGuardia by myself. I'm the shut in. Seriously, <laughs> I am. Someone's got to pick me up. <laughs> I'm kind of can arrange that. I'm kind of we'll hoping I can just like like browbeat one of those pizza guys into picking me up from the airport. <laughs> I'll just get Adam. I'm going to try to get Adam Cuban to pick me up. We'll see. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he has time. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank thank you so much for joining oh, us, Sarah. Thanks, we guys. really appreciate it, and that was really fun. That was fun. really fun. It was my first uh, chat, whatever you know, podcast, podcast. chat thing. Good experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're happy to be the first. So yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> <Very> cool. <laughs> and yeah, uh, we hope to come out to Portland, and if we do, we'll definitely report on it and oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get a big deal. Oh yeah, we'll Make we'll sure. say hi. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Please remove your spurs Come to think of it, remove your antlers Haven't seen you for ages I still fly into rages At the mention of your name Christine Why?